welcome back to the Haircuts and Uppercuts podcast. It's a different one today. Although there's been a <clears throat> massive amount of boxing this weekend, I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of boxing chat today. Today I'm uh, joined by my friend and uh, fellow barber, Clint. How are you doing, Clint? Luke, very good. Very good. It's uh, it's cool. great to have you on the podcast. We was just chatting away there and I had to rudely interrupt you to hit record because... You was uh, touching on a subject which I think we've both been dying to get together to talk about on the podcast. And that's about the barbering side of haircuts and uppercuts. And, you know, you've been like an honorary member of the team since day one, really. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've told you personally before uh, that you, know, you helped inspire me do the meetings in my shop. Uh, to help support people with mental health because you've been doing it yourself for quite a while now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm a facilitator for uh, Man Down. Um, it's a charity down here in Cornwall. Uh, we've got 25 meetings over Cornwall now where we uh, open our doors uh, fortnightly at different venues th throughout the community and we invite guys in um, to talk about uh, things that may be bothering them like addiction, uh, obviously mental health issues um they could be falling out with partners especially at this time um again a, another one uh, at the moment is uh, online gambling so covid's have affected uh, a lot of guys in the community differently uh, but we're there for them it's interesting you say about online gambling because you know i uh, have struggled in the past and still to this day struggle and i'm you know, receiving help for it currently with uh, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I've never uh, really thought about gambling. And on a previous podcast, we was going through odds and, you know, what a £10 accumulator could get you on uh, a fight night. More to show how one-sided the fights were than anything. And I had someone message me straight away after listening to it saying, you know, I really like the podcast, but... You know, I don't think you should talk about gambling on there because gambling addiction is a massive uh, problem and uh, something that I never even thought about myself. So now, you know, we're going to try steer away from that. But it's it's not something that seems to be talked about a lot. And you know, I'm quite interested to see what what help is there that you know of out there for people that are struggling with, you know, gambling addictions. There's been there's been nothing. Um, obviously, <clears throat> mental health has been brought to the forefront now, and I, I believe Tyson Fury has done a lot. We talk boxing. Uh, I think you know, for a travelling guy to hold his hand up and say, "I've been struggling. I wanted to plow me Ferrari into a to a wall, and I wasn't feeling good for a long time." Um, you know, for a guy like that to hold his hand up, I think it's done a lot for you know our sort of class of guys, you know, working class guys, you know, proper blokes out there that would, wouldn't usually say anything. Um, they're willing to, to speak now. And, and down in Cornwall, we give, we give a safe place for two hours uh, at a meeting where, where they can come in and, and do that. Yeah, it's just, it just seems like, say, you know, the, you know, the mental health stuff, you know, finally is getting... Uh, the funding needs and you know people talking about it more and more and I, I felt quite arrogant not arrogant ignorant uh, sorry 
to the fact that I never considered, you know, gambling problem. So that's, mm. I think it's quite good that, you know, people are now talking about that as well, because people like me can learn from it as well. You know, I want to help people with doing these meetings that I do, and it's not something I specialise in, but it be it's good to talk to other people who specialise in it so you can help facilitate them people. And I suppose it's just conversation like this which allow that to happen, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've probably noticed with the meetings, you you leave all that bravado at the door. So you, we talk to guys every, every day in the job that we do. And when there's other guys about, especially their friends and stuff, there's a lot of bravado about. But, you know, uh, I'm guessing like like our meetings, you've experienced in the meetings some really touching moments where you've really managed to feel people's problems and, and share it with them, but then help them with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think, you know, a barbershop is a perfect place for it, which is yeah. something that barbershops have always been. They've always been that you know, cornerstone of the community, really. And I think that aspect of barbershops is slowly dying, unfortunately, with it becoming more of a fashion statement than what it should be. Uh, you watch yeah. Desmond's and that's what a barbershop should be. Like that yeah. is, yeah. you know, any proper yeah. old school barber or someone who trained the old school way, you know, I can, you know, can sit here and I can say, I, I reckon I know 99% of my customers on a first name basis, regardless yeah. of their age. Yeah. Uh, appointments are killing it. Um, you know, a lot of the younger barbers have kept with appointments after COVID and it works for them. But by doing that, um, you know, you're getting a lot of young people that are socially unable to have conversations. But, you know, next year I celebrate 30 years in the industry. Started off in a little terraced house in Colville in Leicestershire with my brother. And, you know, we had people queuing out the door every day. And it was that conversation they came for. They got a haircut. But the conversation was boxing, football, women, holidays, kids, uh, fighting. Uh, you know, he said, she said. It was, like you say, it was the hub of the whole community. Yeah. Yeah. Good and times. Good times. Be. Yeah. But yeah. <clears throat> talking about barbers and boxing, see, we're both barbers. We both used to box. But you're putting your gloves back on, so I hear. Yeah, um, I'm going to be 53 um, Christmas time, uh, Boxing Day. Boxing Day, 53 <laughs> years old. I know, crazy. Um, yeah, I've started training. Um, I want to get down to about 66, 68 kg. Jesus. Um, yeah, uh, I've lost two stone already, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to end up fighting somebody at least 10 years younger than me, if not if not less than that. So yeah, I want to be sharp. I've uh, stuck myself up there ready to be chinned. So, I'm, you know, um, the boxing event is going to be in a big marquee in the village of Mavagissi, where I live. Um, there'll, be a, there'll be a boxing ring. There'll be a big marquee. There'll be about uh, 12 bouts. Um, we've got corporate tables that one of the restaurants is organising. There'll be 80 people seated. Uh, there'll, be, um, there'll be another 250 people standing. We have, we have ring girls, 
we have loads of support with businesses. Uh, so we've got businesses paying for the cost of the marquee. And just tonight, I've sat in my car and got a telephone call and uh, a big local company that wants to, you know, really pledge their support and really show the men that work for them that they're, they're up for this mental health issue and they want to help. They've gone, it's 1500 quid, Clint. That'll pay for your thousand pound for your ring, your boxing gloves. Blown away, Luke, by the generosity of people that want to get involved. Um, quite emotional, really. Um, I was struggling three or four years ago. I really was struggling. Um, you know, to everybody now, it looks like I'm successful, d doing all right for myself with different businesses. But it wasn't like that, Luke. It was a really, really dark time for me three or four years ago. And I just want to show everybody that you can turn your situation around. You, you know, it's only temporary what you're going through. You know, you know, you know my motto and what I say. I, I do my runs every morning. I go live. I, you know, I'm showing everybody I'm still alive and keep punching. Keep punching, Luke. Yeah, so when you say, like, you look back on three or four years ago to where you are mm. today, we'll see... <clears throat> People forget that it's a journey, isn't it? It's not, mm. there's, there's no special pill. There's no wake up no. one day and it's, it's all hunky-dory. It is a day-by-day -day journey and it can, it can be a long process. You can have step backs. You can have weeks at a time where you feel great and then weeks at a time where you feel terrible again. Mm. But mm. what helped you, do you think, on your journey? I got to my lowest, um, I'll be honest with you, and, and <clears throat> I've said this before, and I've been quite open about it because, you know, I want guys to know that, you know, you can feel like that, but you can come back. I tried to take my own life, Luke, um, three years ago. It was a real dark time. Um, there was a lot of issues going on. And, um, you know, I went back to alcohol in a big way and um, the relationships around me were failing. Uh, with with work with personal issues and um, you know at the age of 50 nearly 50 uh, it wasn't looking good for me at all it wasn't looking good but I um, there wasn't nothing around uh, I reached out and there was just nothing um, and I had to sort myself out and you know I've got three children to live for and that's what dragged me through and um, I just thought I'm not in their life at the moment, but I want to be in the future. And I need to get myself to be the best version of myself ready for when them kids need a dad again. And uh, I did it. I did it. I'm here. I'm here. Sorry, mate. No, no, it's, <clears throat> it's stuff that people need to hear. It's like, because I understand where you're coming from. Um, Your know, people only showed their best bits on social media. Um, I, I don't have a personal social media account. Um, I have a Facebook account, which I don't really use. I only have it because I need one for my business account. Um, but people only show their best bits on there. And if people follow you know, me or follow you, they're going to see, you know, you're in a barbershop and, going to see you going on holiday same as what they see when they follow anyone mm. but i was the same i tried to kill myself my um 
dad found me uh, hanging from a tree. Well, not a tree, but he found me hanging um, from the A-frame of our roof in the house. I climbed up into the loft, tied a rope, <clears throat> jumped through the loft hatch. And um, you fast forward to today, I know there's a lot that's gone on in between there, but even when I have like moments, I think, well, do you know what? I hung myself and somehow I didn't die. Um, no, I was out, I was gone. But the rope snapped, dad found me and brought me back. I think, well, there's a reason why. Well, I'm not religious. I just think that wasn't my time. There's more for me to do with this life. And then whenever I do get to that point again where I feel really alive, I think, well, you've been there, you've done that. You've learned that lesson. Now let's build upon it. Mm. And mm. I'm saying that because I think it's very important for people to realise that when you are battling mental health, it's not an uphill fight and it's not a downhill fight. It's a bit of both. Right. You have mm. up days, you have down days. You have up days, you have down days. And everyone needs that one thing or two things or three things or, or ten things that ground you to go, well, actually, I've been here at the top where I felt amazing. I've been here at the bottom where I felt awful. And when you're down there, you need to remember, well, actually, I've got these things here. I've learned from these lessons. I don't need to stay in this place and it helps self get better again. And I think the only way we can help people realise that is just be open and talk about it. Well, mm. I'm mm. 32 years old. I've got two kids, uh, run businesses, drive a nice car, go on nice holidays. On the outside looking in, life looks perfect but what people don't see is what goes on inside your head and the, the stupid voices of anxiety or depression and it needs to be talked about just like we talk about the weather or football or boxing yeah it needs to be normalized and yeah yeah i think you know through you know tyson fury coming out openly talking about it ricky hatton openly talking about it barbers talking about it with their clients you know that is that's the domino effect i believe that you know we can help cause as well if you bang your knee luke you know you go and get it sorted go to the doctors yeah if if you've got trouble you know with your with your head you need to go and talk to somebody we've got doctors now locally in cornwall um you know when they get somebody in a, a guy that comes in instead of banging them on antidepressants, they're saying, have you heard of man down? Uh, have you heard of these meetings? You know, it's social prescribing. Go along and have a chat with other guys that have got issues. See if you can get something from it. And it's happening more and more. And it's, it's a great feeling to, to hear that these guys have been signposted to us that way. Um, we get guys coming back that have got themselves uh, better feeling good about the self again they come back to help other guys it's fantastic to be part of this brotherhood it, and you see each other walking down the road or when you're out and about and it's sort of you know that he knows and you, you've got each other's back you talk about things in confidence and share stuff that you wouldn't do with your friend or anybody else but because you're under that umbrella of these meetings you look out for each other it's really good, Luke. It's, and, you know, 
hats off to you taking the initiative as well. Um, really good, really good. I hope more barbers keep doing it and open your doors, get people in, get your phones turned off, forget that bravado, leave it at the door and really lift each other. Surround yourself with positive people. Well, uh, it's... It's a funny one, like so. I, I know that you're on the same like mindset and level as me. So I, I actually wanted to start doing these meetings. Two thousand and nineteen was um, when I was thinking about them uh, to the point where I really, I was talking to my wife. I was like, I really want to do this. I think I can help people. I think you know as a as a community hub, but the barbershop has always been, like, we need need to get on with it. Mm. And then my cousin took his own life. So I wasn't in a, a fit state to, to do it mm. uh, mentally myself. And then I thought, no, no, no. It, it was only a 21-year-old lad, my cousin, when he took his own life. And I don't want that to happen to one of my clients or, you know, someone in the village if I can do something, I'll do it. And then I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I just didn't. And then lockdown hit. Mm. And then, you know, and lockdown is when I got talking to you and I saw you was doing it from your barbers. And I thought, you know what? If he's doing it, I can do it. That mm. is, and, you know, and I messaged you straight away saying, right, I'm going to do it now. I've wanted to do it for ages. And, you know, thanks very much because I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up anyone's ass. But, you know, I said to you from day one, you inspired me to do it. And hopefully this conversation will inspire someone else to do it. And they'll inspire somebody else. And, you know, mm. next thing you know, there's 100 barbershops yeah. doing, you know, man down events mm. or, you know, mm. networking events to help people with yeah. you know, mental health or gambling addiction. Mate, that's off to you, Luke. Well done. Well done. Yeah, well, I... <clears throat> One thing that put me off doing is I didn't want people to think it was a marketing gimmick. Mm. Um, and then it got to the point where, oh, excuse my language, I thought, fuck it, I don't care what people think. Yeah, There's power yeah. in vulnerability. And I think that's, yeah. that's one thing I've learned from doing these meetings is people turn up, they make themselves vulnerable, but there's something extremely powerful in that. Mm. Same as putting yourself out there to to host the meetings it makes you vulnerable as a business owner mm. to well, made me feel vulnerable as a business owner yeah to what i thought other people would think that like, is he doing this for clout to make his business stand out and then in the end i thought you know what my customers know me they know what i'm about they know i'm not like that and the people that do think mm. that i don't know them so fuck them excuse my french but yeah. that was the yeah. mindset i had to being to allow myself to become yeah. you know quote unquote vulnerable and in that vulnerability yeah. is where you find the power to help yourself and help other people you're going to get stick you're going to get haters you know you're going to be like marmite to some people you know um as i've got old i've always wanted to please everybody you know i always want to be the life and soul of the party and i want everybody to be happy i moved down here 10 years ago to mevagissi um, you know, you want to get to know everybody, you, you want them to like you, you want to, um, you know, get everybody on side. It don't always happen. You know, you're not always going to cut the mustard with everybody. You've got to do it for you. You've got to be happy for you. 
and do what you want to do. You can't live your life for anybody else. We, you get one crack at it. As soon as you start living your life for yourself, you start to get on a bit. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with that. It's, I found by that shift in my mindset to think, well, you know, I'm not doing this for any other reason than the fact that I'm doing it from, you know, a place of caring, doing it from my heart, not for anything mm. else. And luckily I haven't had any negativity or uh, them stupid thoughts I was having that people might think it was you know, for other reasons than the fact that I generally wanted to help. Mm. It just proved to me that, you know, I do have anxiety problems. Mm. I still am dealing with them and them anxiety demons can get in the way at times and stop me from doing things. But when I face up to them and go, no, I'm in charge. I'll do what I want. Not you, anxiety. And it works out well. What was it like when you had that first meeting, Luke? Because I'm, I'm guessing from what you just said, you were very anxious and sort of, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I going to be able to do this? So <clears throat> it, was, it was, as soon as I decided I was doing it, the anxiety was no longer there. It, it was it was bizarre. It wasn't a case of, uh, oh, is this the right thing? Isn't this the right thing? It was, well, I'm doing it now. Mm. But I'm, I'm very much the type of person that once I'm in, I'm in. Um, mm. But then it was like, oh, my God, well, what do I do? What if no one turns up? What if mm. no one wants to talk? Do I open up first? Like, I don't want people to think this is, like, a, come listen to Luke's problems. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, yeah. you know, luckily, you know, I had six people turn up to the first one. I went and bought a couple of pizzas and that. And um, it went really well. Yeah. And it ended up going on for about two and a half hours. It was only supposed to be an hour. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it went on for two and a half hours, the first one. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's just continued from there and you now I've become more comfortable with it and it's made me um, well, it's, it's made me learn a lot. And, yeah. You know, I've got people that come down that have suffered themselves and it's a case of, well, this worked for me, have you tried this? And uh, someone else will be like, oh, well, you know, I tried that, that didn't work, but I changed it to do this and you now I've picked up a lot of <clears throat> say like deeper meaningful relationships uh with clients like always you, know, you always get on with your clients part of being a barber but you have that deeper understanding and then they're forging you know deeper relationships within their community with other local people it makes mm. you feel quite proud i, th I think as a, as a young guy in my 30s, I was ploughing on trying to get a bigger house, bigger telly, bigger car, bigger holidays. And I don't actually think I knew what the word empathy was. And I think some people don't know what the word empathy is. But empathy is, you know, letting other people speak, listening to other people's problems, really getting for a feel for somebody else's situation. By doing that you actually get a reflection of who and what you are. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think yeah, it's it's something that has helped me grow as a person as well by you know facilitating them. Uh, mm. it, it's helped me massively because now when I get a client in who's you know talking to me about problems that they're having, or I don't just have my experiences to fall back on to try to give them a bit of advice. Yeah. I've got 10 other people's and go, look, these aren't my experiences. These are people that come down to the meetings. They've said, this has helped them. Mm. You know, why don't you come down to the next one? You don't have to talk. You can just sit and listen and eat pizza. Yeah. And, you know, it might help. And I've, uh, yeah. And I think that's, there's something quite, um, quite special about that, really. Yeah. With, with the man down meetings, Luke, we're, we're sending guys on retreats. So if, if I can see um, a particular guy is struggling, perhaps lonely, uh, that's, a, that's a big one we get. You know, who's lonely? Boom, everybody's hand goes up. Um, you know, you can be lonely and surrounded by people in the workplace and at home. You can actually still be a very yeah. lonely person, as we both know, listening to other guys. So we can send them on retreats um, with, with the money that we're given to, to man down. And now as well, we're actually paying for professional therapy sessions for individual guys as well. Um, you know, I know one particular guy, uh, you know, that comes to the Mevagissi meeting that I facilitate. He's still here. He's still here. And that's because he's had professional therapy sessions. Um, we've, we've all lifted him as a group. And from last March, when he was really, really struggling, more than any guy I think I've met in the three years that I've been with Man Down, he's got stronger and stronger, like you say, not, not overnight, but just little, little footsteps. And now this guy is absolutely flying again. He's got a life, Luke. And it's so fantastic for all the guys to see. It's unbelievable. This guy is... You know, he's doing really, really well, really well. But it's, it's people like him that are then going to inspire the next person that walks in, yeah. that is in the shoes he was in a year or two ago. Yeah. And that that's where I think these, these group meetings and have a huge part to play in, like I say, it's, so, it's social therapy, isn't it? It's Yeah. I think it's a lot more important than we realise right now. I think... Yeah. Maybe in 10, 15 years, you might look back and realise, well, actually, yeah, that social therapy aspect is something that has played a massive part in, in doing this. Because it's not until you actually have this conversation, you sit back and you think, well, actually, yeah, like, that's an amazing story. That guy's come, he's improved his life with the help of a group of people. Yeah. And that's amazing. Fair play to him. He should be proud of himself. It's amazing how many guys do come out the woodwork and have been really struggling with their mental health. Um, I've got a couple of heavyweight guys that are going to uh, fight at the end of the night uh, on September the 10th down here. Um, you know, two big heavyweight guys. Um, they've both had issues. They've both had... Um, you know, situations in their life where they've been struggling and they're turning their life around and they're now 
um, you know, taking on the challenge of fighting each other for, for man down. And, you know, as you know, there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, can help themselves by, by training, keeping fit, um, you know, and, and getting their life back on track and, and they can do it. They just need an avenue. They just need a pat on the back or somebody to believe in them or you say inspiration. You know, I got a lot of inspiration by a guy, uh, Ben Dougherty. Uh, he, he stopped drinking. Um, he had some big issues with drinking addiction. And I thought, if Ben can bloody do it, I can do it. So, you know, I sit before you tonight, two and a half years sober. Things have got better for me since I took on sobriety. Um, I, I'm, I'm leading a good life because I've put that old life away and now I've got a new life. So is is a question for you. So how does it make you feel when you go somewhere where you're socially expected to drink and you yeah. don't? Like how how do you deal with that? Um, I'm I'm pretty good with it these days. I mean, listen, I'm was I an alcoholic? Yes, because I was people say, oh well, I only drink on the way home, I have a pint or I have a drink when I get back. I'm not an alcoholic, though. Um, so a lot of people don't realise how alcohol not just affects them, but everybody around them, uh, their social circle, their family, their group of friends, their work colleagues. You know, just be careful if he has too much to drink tonight. You know, uh, but you don't know that. And you think you're OK. You just have a drink every now and then. Um I was drinking to the extent where, you know, I was having eight tinnies and two bottles of wine and going out all night and carrying it round in a bag around the village. So when I'd been round the pubs, I was going home uh, with loads of alcohol and, it, you know, rushing home to get a drink. Uh, and I never thought that I was an alcoholic. I thought an alcoholic was somebody that lay in the street that was, you know, uh, a street person. You know, I was an alcoholic. I know that now. Um, and I still am an alcoholic because if I had alcohol now, I could get back to the state where it affected my life. Yeah. So I don't want to do that anymore. So I've knocked it on the head. Um, you know, I, I realized that it wasn't getting me anywhere. It's a very difficult, complex thing to talk about because a lot of people don't want to admit that their, their alcohol affects themselves and other people. Nobody wants to hear that. When I was a drinker, I would have told somebody to sod off and leave me alone. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, yeah. I was a party animal. Because I've, I've never been much of a drinker. Mm. So when I go out, my mates all know that I'll probably drive them there and take them home because I'm not going to drink. So I've never had to deal with the, well, what do you mean you're not drinking anymore? Well, why? I, I yeah. get it when people go, why are you having a drink? You never let your hair down. Mm. Well, I don't want to drink. Like, I don't want to. And I yeah, just think um, it must be hard when <coughs> you have had them issues and if people are then saying that stuff to you, it's a bit, they don't realise mm. how insensitive they're being. Like, it's... Yeah, that, that, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I, I socialise with people that drink. Uh, like you say, you, you went, it's great because they don't have to pay for a taxi. You're, you're the one helping them in and out the car. But um, no, you're right. You, you lose a lot of so-called friends, don't you? You're not going to be hanging around. You're not going to be, you know, 
walking around for the day, if you go away somewhere, drinking in every pub, you'll have a few non-alcoholics, but then you get bored of them. And, uh, you know, you'd rather be doing something else. It's, it's difficult because you think, well, what will I do if I stop drinking? But um, exercise is brilliant. I drink a lot of water, um, a lot of ice water, a few non-alcoholics to that, that helped me with, with not being a drinker. Um, so in a social circle, you'd be there with what looked like a beer, I suppose. Um, so you was sort of one of the lads or one of the group. But then, you know, they, they just give you a headache and they're just as expensive as a beer. So you'd rather have a rather water, really. <laughs> yeah, water tastes better. Yeah. Yeah. So with um, your boxing event that you've got planned, mm. what's the date on that again, please, Clint? So it's not till next year. It's Saturday, the 10th of September down in Mevagissi. But like I said, we've got a marquee on the double tennis court. Loads of businesses have got involved. Uh, we've got the Mevagissi male voice choir singing. We got Josh Kerno that was on X Factor. Uh, it's, it's, it's gone really big. But for this company to come in tonight and say 1,500 quid, we believe in what you're doing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not me for six, really. But I'm trying to delegate. I'm trying to get as many people involved to do stuff. One guy's going to do the raffle. Uh, this other company's going to take away the rubbish. Uh, the man down lads, that their attendees, they'll have the man down, yellow T-shirts on, walking people into the ring, marshalling. Uh, we've got some proper security there. Uh, give Coast to Coast a, a shout out. Uh, we've got the Bearded Brewery. Uh, they'll be doing a hog roast in the outside bar. Um, there's loads of companies. Cornwall Signs have pledged 15 banners. So they'll do the banners, 15 of them. I'll charge businesses 100 quid a piece. They'll have the banners all around the ring and the tennis courts. Uh, they're doing that for nothing. And that will give me £1,500 to pay for the marquee. So every single bit of you know, ticket money we get in will go towards helping vulnerable guys in our community um, you know, get a voice and they'll be heard and they'll be, you know, it will help them. It's, have you, it's have brilliant. you spoke to Brad about this? Brad, yeah, I always talk to Brad. Um, Is he going to come down? He's, yeah, he's, he, he says if he's, if he's in Cornwall at the time and he's not training for anything, he'll be there. Um, I've got uh, Harry Billinge, the uh, Normandy um, war hero. He's, he's just about to turn 97 next September. And uh, he says he'll still be kicking by then and he will be our guest of honour. Uh, the BBC have just took him out to Normandy. Uh, if anybody's heard of the name, Harry Billinge, he's just got an MBE off the Queen and he's got a train named after him as well. He's, he's like royalty down here. And uh, he says, I'll be there for you, lad. So, uh, yeah, it, when, you, when you get people tipping their hat at you, believing in what you're doing, uh, he says there was nothing like that when he was a kid. And when he come home from Normandy, he wasn't right for three or four years. So... You know, things have changed. We're in 2021. Next year, 2022, we can help each other and lift each other. Times have moved on. It's fantastic to be part of, you know, what's happening right now with mental health. Yeah, fair play to you for putting it on as well. It's, it's, a, it's a big event to put on. And mm. you know as well as I do, you've boxed in the past. You know, as the boxer, you turn up, gum shield, gloves, crack on. 
and it starts really getting a bit older and you start taking some kids down to the boxing events, you realise the amount of logistics that goes into putting on a show. It's a, yeah. it's a crazy amount of work, but it's for a worthy cause and fair play. Well, I respect it a lot. Yeah. The, the numbers are adding up and you know, my aim is to get you know, 10,000 quid for, for the charity. Um, there's other little bits come in. We're expecting the, the boxers to at least get a couple of hundred quid a piece in the way of sponsorship. And it all adds up and uh, it should be a fantastic evening. There's, there's a lot of people down here in Cornwall that have never even been to a boxing event, never even really took much interest in it. And they're going to be able to come with their, with their partners and, and sit down and have a meal. They're going to be able to stand there with the buddies and, you know, see some guys really putting on a good show for, um, you know, for, for man down. You've got, you've got Carl Mallison fighting on there, don't you? Yeah, Cole's fighting this weekend, actually. Um, I, I don't know where, I'm going to say Birmingham. I don't know where he is. He's, that kid's always fighting. He'll fight anybody, anywhere. He's hard as um, nails, is Carl. Yeah, he's a good, strong lad. Um, I tell you, he fought down here. He fought uh, Marcus... Mark, it was Daniel Dubois' second pro fight. Da, uh, Marcus, I'm trying to think of his name now, but he fought, he fought this guy um, at Red Roof down here and he moves around and he's, uh, he's Muay Thai, he's everything. But uh, he comes to fight and we've uh, hopefully got him matched up with um, Lenny, uh, got a guy called Lenny from Leicester. And um, he's not fought for a little while. He wants to challenge himself, lose a bit of weight. So yeah, Le Lenny's going to be down here, and uh, Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Butlin, Lenny Butlin. Yeah, uh, he's I've, been. I've, yeah, I fought on a couple of Carl's um, boxing and kickboxing shows. He's a nice. Oh, guy. Right. Yeah, good lad. He's good lad. a really nice guy and a nice yeah. family as well. His brother um, and his sister both compete. Yeah, well, I met They're him down here in Red Roof. Yeah. I met him down Red Roof the other month, and. Uh, Gave him a gave him a medal to put on, and is um, I gave it his little daughter, and she put round. They are daddy, and uh, it was nice to meet him. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, you, you get the right people coming down. They see the ethos and what you're trying to achieve, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm sure he'll bring a big crowd down with him. Actually, he runs a gym there up in Swindon. Yeah, it's a good gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you, you know, you need you need a couple of big bangers at the end of the night to to, to get the show going. I'll probably put myself on second or third in. Um, I want to get it. I want to get in there and, and do the job. I'm training. I'm training to, uh, you know, knock somebody out in the first round and not have to go three two minute rounds. That's what I'm training for. I'm going in like I'm going in like fury with that second uh, Wilder fight. I'm going in to take somebody out and hug them afterwards and give them a kiss and crack on with the show. Yeah, and then it, then enjoy a free course meal because you've yeah. been cutting weight for ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so, it's going to be good. I suppose this this is a uh, a boxing podcast, so let's talk a little bit of boxing. Before. So obviously, this weekend just gone was a mad mad amount of boxing, mm. and uh, it's boxing coming up again um, every weekend up until Christmas. Mm. But there's, there's one fight in particular um, I want to talk to you about. Jake Paul against Tommy Fury. How many 14-year-olds are coming into your shop right now talking to you about that? 
I'm getting a lot of older guys saying, uh, oh, I've got to watch this YouTuber fight with my kids, apparently. It's mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I talk to these so, kids and say, oh, you know, Tia Lopez is fighting this weekend. He's absolutely brilliant. Why don't you watch yeah. him? Oh, no, no, no. Jake Paul, Jake Paul. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> What's happening to boxing? But it's great that these young kids are showing interest. If if one you know if one overweight fat kid gets off his computer, and and goes down the boxing gym, to me it was worth it. And yeah, I know that, I you know a lot a lot of people. You know the boxing fraternity as well as I do. Um, a lot of the lads on the pages and stuff. You know the screaming for these two pool guys to get knocked out and be banished from boxing forever. But it's putting bums on seats and and perhaps you know keeping boxing going where where it wouldn't be on some shows. So. You know, there's two guys getting in the ring at the end of the day and they're having a scrap. So you either watch it or you don't, don't you? Yeah, I just think it's it's quite um, quite cute. I don't want to use that word. But <laughs> it is, you know, I've got like young lads coming in. You know, they know I love my boxing and they're talking to me about the big boxing event for them. I think it's quite sweet. I think if it's getting <laughs> all these young lads interested and then they might end up in the boxing rabbit hole and like say, end up down a gym, live a healthier lifestyle, go and read a couple of books about, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson, Mike Tyson. Brilliant. What do we do when we flick it on and we watch it and uh, Tommy Fury gets knocked out? What do we do then? What, 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 what do we say then? <laughs> what do we do? You know, so, somebody's, list, somebody's going to be listening to this and they're going to go, oh, my God. That's not going to happen, but it could do. Tommy Fury's not that good. They're both at the same sort of level, really. Yeah. That's, what, that's why they're having the fight. Exactly. I'm not saying Tommy Fury's rubbish, but you hear the last name and you think Tyson. You know, he's, he's not the level that people think he is. He's, he's where he should be for the amount of fights he's had. He's not I don't, I don't think Tommy world I don't, champion. That's his brother. I don't think Tommy Fury is as good as his old man was. No, his old man was a decent fighter when he trained. You know, yeah, when, when he trained. Yeah, his, his name's got him in there. And, you know, the Love Island connection, as you know. Yeah. And um, he's had a bit of banter with him. And, uh, yeah, he's managed to get himself a good payday. So, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know what you've heard, but I'm, I'm guessing he's got between two and five million quid. Yeah, I've heard it's quite a lot of money. Fair play to him. And, you know, if he keeps going along the road that he's going, you know, he's got to have 20, 30 fights to, uh, to get that sort of money. So take the money. Take yeah. the money, honey. Take it. Yeah, it's, it's a short, painful career. Earn as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll be watching it. I will. I will. I'm not going to even lie about it. I'll be tuning in. I'm quite intrigued. It's it's it could cancel itself out, and they could ug in the middle of the ring, and and it could be a right, you know, ug fest, and and nobody manages to get the punches off, and it could be a terrible spectacle, or somebody could get knocked out early, and boom. Yeah, then he's got to change his name to Tommy Fumbles. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play to the lad; he's going to earn some money, isn't he? Ain't yeah, ask his dad. We'll have to ask his dad or his brother for any. He'll have his own gold, you know. Yeah, he definitely will after that fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, looks, it, look, it looks a fit, strong lad. Yeah, he does. He, 
I wouldn't mind having a body like him, to be honest. Yeah, he look, looks apart, doesn't he? And I think he's a nice enough kid, actually. I mean, I've not really seen um, how he comes across on the tally, but uh, there's a couple of little snippets to show you. And uh, yeah, he's, he's one of the lads. He's, uh, you know, got himself a nice missus and he conducts himself right. Fair play to him. Okay, right. Well, before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening, is a Anything else you're looking for for your boxing event? Any extra, you know, raffle prizes or anything like that? Because, you know, I'd like to donate some Haircuts and Uppercuts products. If that's wow, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I would like, um, I'll be honest with you, I'd like some, like, uh, vouchers for probably weekends away or if there's a, if there's a local, um, you know, hotel down here or somebody that's got uh, like a, a yurt or a shepherd's hut or a B&B or a restaurant, anything local like that, that somebody could go uh, as a couple and enjoy. Um, that would be fantastic just to get something donated like that. Um, it would be awesome for somebody to get a prize that they can actually use and, and enjoy. Yeah, like the big, that one big ticket prize, that would be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be nice. I hope hopefully somebody local down here will will listen to this, and uh, you know come forward. They can get in touch with me, uh, Clint's Barbers St Austell, um, Clint's Barbers Truro, uh, Clint Osborne on Facebook. Um, yeah, reach out to me uh, or even man down. You'll get signposted to me, and you know uh, as a community uh, we we can make this thing happen and change the lives for the men around us. So, yeah, awesome. Awesome stuff. Yeah, well, I'll donate some hair products and then aftershave. You know, Good. Donate, like, the ultimate bundle. You're loving your aftershave. You're well excited about that. It's amazing. It took yeah. me three years yeah. to have developed. But, and it, it's selling like hotcakes, which is brilliant, because yeah. 10% of my sales are going towards paying for Know, other barbers to go on mental health first aid courses yeah man, that's good so that's, that's good. why I'm, I'm like so stoked about it because you now i've already i've already signed <laughs> someone up to a mental health first aid course i haven't even made enough money to pay for it yet out of the yeah. profit but i thought sod it i'm doing it yeah we, we nearly met this summer we nearly met we come close didn't we yeah and my mother-in-law's car broke down so she had yeah. to use mine so i couldn't get there yeah. If you'd walked into the barber shop, I think I just would have, you know, pulled a chair out for you and got you cutting because uh, I did bring I, been, my scissors. Mate, I would have I would have had you cutting next to me and we would have been talking boxing, football, sex, and we would have gone through the bloody lot. Oh, I, I forgot what sex is. I've got my kids. You don't need me no more. Yeah. Oh dear. No, I doesn't listen to this episode. You're banging some good cuts out as well, and you're enjoying what you do. So that's that's fantastic as well. I mean, I, I love to see young barbers. Having, you're not so young now. Um, no, I'm getting I, old. I, I love to see guys enjoying what's been really kind to me for, like I say, 30 years next year. Um, the people I've met, the journey I've been on. Uh, you know, I had a guy come in my shop the other day. I'm doing scalp micropigmentation now. So I'm tattooing hair on people. Check it out, everybody. SMP. And I gave him his first haircut when he was a baby. And now, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm shaving his hair down to a one or a 0.5 and tattooing hair on his head. 
So it is a journey and it soon comes around, isn't it? Crazy. I watched that video actually. Um, what did you what do you think of it? Have you ever so, come across any guy like sitting in your chair that's had it before? Or have you had the conversation? I, I've got a friend who's had it. I've got two friends that have had it done. Mm. And none of them have had it done by someone who was a barber. Okay. So their hairline is perfectly straight. Mm. And it, they regret having it done because yeah. they say they look in the mirror and all they see is action man. Like, cause it's, yeah. it doesn't look natural. I get and that. When you see someone doing it, who is a barber and you are mm. a barber yourself, <clears throat> you can see the difference. Yeah. Like massively. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be a barber to see the difference, but you know, I look at it and I go, well, that looks like a natural hairline. Mm. Like in a photo, you would not be able to know, would you? Yeah. Yeah. Like Chris yeah, Banks no. Junior's had it done, and you can tell it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. On the on the black guys, it looks it looks good because they have their hair sort of cut like that, as you know. Um, yeah. So the Americans really go for it quite squared. Um, and like you say on him, it, yeah, it it sort of suits him though. Yeah. He gets he gets away with it, but you know what what I'm achieving with with what I'm doing is is making it look natural making it look like it is just going a little bit thin in the area where it would and building it up then and then working with the client moving forward to the hairline so everybody's happy with what you achieve at the end of it but it's it's great for me I, i'm i'm loving doing it um i've i've had a relationship now with my partner for a year she's russian and um she's big into her aesthetics she goes all around the world we've just been to dubai together and, you know, she's a fantastic woman. And she said to me, Clint, you're already doing this. You've been, you know, with people doing their hair, making them look good for 30 years. This is just something you do anyway. And I was so anxious and nervous about it. And I went up to Leeds and uh, uh, a guy up there, Ian Walker, taught me. And uh, I spent some time doing a lot online. Then I had a week up there, um, full, full on with client 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 and to see how it changes people's lives when they've got a full head of hair again and they've, they've not got you know a shiny bold head uh, again we talk about mental health it really restores uh you know their the self-belief in their self it's fantastic it it works i'm i'm really really over the moon with it i cover scars up i cover alopecia um you know and put to put a full hairline in where it's been gone for a long time, you see these guys like beaming, like wow, you know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You're giving someone back their confidence. It's yeah, yeah. I imagine it's like when we reopened after lockdown and everyone was able to get a proper haircut for the first time in ages. Mm. That feeling mm. times were about a hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's the only thing I can imagine it to be like because. Mm. I'm quite lucky. I've got a very solid hairline. Good out of air. But um, I, I would, I'd feel, you know, quite fragile. I think if I was in that situation, and the options out there like that that are affordable, mm. crack on. If it makes you happy, it makes you happy. I, I'm all yeah. for it. I don't, 
I'm not going to sit here and say people should or shouldn't have stuff done. I think if it makes you feel happy and confident, do it. Uh, you only live once. It's not a game. You only get one shot. Be happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, well, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind having my beard line done just so I never have to worry about getting my lines even. <laughs> That'd yeah. be good. Yeah, I've seen that. Again, the Americans, you know, they, they're putting a whole area in that wasn't there with scalp micropigmentation. And, uh, yeah, it looks... It looks crazy, some of it. They, they just look like cardboard cutouts, but that's not what I'm about. Um, no, I'm it would about, be nicer you know. just to have, like, just me being lazy, because just just a faint little line there. So when yeah. I'm shaving, I can go, yep, that's why I have my line. <laughs> Things are changing. Look how this industry is changing. Yeah, it's mad. I, I never would have thought that I would have Botox and filler. I've had... You know, I've had Botox in my forehead. I've had I've had filler to stop my eyes sagging. I've had I've had um, I've had threads. So I've had a thread to hold my eyelid up, so it's not hanging over anymore. My partner's you know top of her field what she does. You know, I'm not like uh, Sylvester Stallone's uh, mum just yet, but you know, it, I feel good. Uh, lost a bit of weight. I've had a bit of help around the place. I don't have a problem with it, but 10 years ago, I would have laughed at myself, but you know, uh, you've got to, you, you've got to try and help yourself look your best. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, I think that it all comes apart the journey, doesn't it? If, um, you know, the journey through mental health, you, you lose your ego, don't you? Mm. And yeah, you just yeah. go, well, do you know what? I don't care if it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel happy. And yeah, you get, once you lose your ego, you soon realise, well, the key to beating your mental health is doing what makes you happy and yeah, not something that makes you happy temporarily. Mm. Uh, you know, doing something that make, brings your confidence back, that's powerful. That's, yeah, yeah. Because that, that's lasting happiness. It's not... But yeah, fair play. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's not many blokes that admit to having it done either, but... No, no. The, the, the message is, you know, be yourself, be, be yeah. who you want to be. You know, don't don't live your life for anybody else, Luke. You know, you know, I, I've I've been 32 before, as you are. And, you know, I, I live my life for everybody else around me. And, I, you know, I want it to be the life and the soul of the party for everybody else. And, you know, if you can if you can lose that now and crack on and help others at the age you are now, you've got a good full life ahead of you where your children are going to see you happy as a dad your partner's going to see you happy as as you know as a man leading the family be, being the pillar of the family you know um you, you're going to be a strong character for those around you and that can only be good yeah well thank you very much cheers apart from you you i mean you know what you're dressed in what's my daughter's, <laughs> what my daughter's fluffy hoodie it's warm Okay. <laughs> it looks very pink and nice. It is pink and nice. I, I think I look quite pretty in it. <laughs> it's comfortable. It's comfortable attire for evening wear. I want one for Christmas. <laughs> I think my daughter wants me to get one for Christmas, so I stopped nicking hers. Right, Clint, it was brilliant <laughs> to have you on the podcast. 
Mate, thank you so much. It for a while. Thank you for coming on. I'm a, I'm a real fan of your podcast. I really am. I said to you, I drive up to my missus's most weekends, and it's all it's all I listen to on the radio on 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 my you know through the Bluetooth and. I'm screaming at it sometimes. What are you boys on about? You bloody don't know boxing. You ain't got a clue. And then other times I think, oh, my God, yeah. And then I was telling you, um, I listened to it after the fight. So obviously the fight's gone ahead. And then I've listened to you guys saying what's going Oh, you bloody didn't know what you were talking about, did you? That didn't happen. So it's, it's awesome. It's, it's boxing talk. And I love my boxing. But you did touch up on some mental health, uh, a few podcasts ago and I wanted to come on here and have a real good chat with you because I think you just touched on how you were being affected and I thought if I get a chance to talk to this guy I want to talk to him a bit more so thanks yeah, for letting think, me on I think then I was at that stage where I was only just mm. just getting there yeah um, didn't feel comfortable about talking about it too much no but I think the whole the whole reason why it started was because I was struggling in lockdown and I was taking 10 backward steps to where I used to be. And then I, you know, it's developed into what it's developed to now with the product range and everything. And if I'm going to be using my profits to, you know, help fight mental health causes, I've got to stand there and go, well, this is me. This is the struggles I've had still yeah. having still getting help for as a mm. man at 32 years old. Yeah. And I'm happy to talk about it because if I want to help other people, I've got to be honest about how I'm trying to help myself. Yeah. Um, but that's off to you opening your barber's shop door. You know, it, when you've been work all day, sometimes you think, do I need to do this? But then when you just hear one guy opening up and having a safe place to express the self it was all worth it as you know so well it well is. done mate good good man thank you very much and hopefully we'll get you back on here and we'll talk jake wall tommy fury after the oh, fight happened something's going to happen something's going to happen it, the script's not not written in stone you watch, watch no, what someone's happens. getting knocked out somebody's going to get knocked out right thanks for listening everyone and make sure to follow us on all social media at haircuts and uppercuts and I know it's not been a boxing podcast, but I hope you've enjoyed uh, this chat with Clint as much as I have. Thank you very much. Luke, you're the man. Well done. Keep punching, everybody. Keep you punching. Too. Keep punching.